Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Revenue Cycle Truth Podcast. My name is Josh Vierling, and our goal on this podcast is to share engaging revenue cycle insights and content from some of the leading experts. So today, you know, I'm really happy. This is an exciting podcast. I'm joined with Marcus Whitney. Marcus was the recent headliner at HFMA. Everybody loved his, his kind of opening dialogue there. And, uh, you know, his background includes he's been very successful uh, venture capital fund and co-owner of a, a healthcare fund. And also, he's uh, pretty interesting. He uh, a partial owner. Is that right, Marcus, of a pro soccer franchise? Yep, that's right. Yeah, so very cool stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm really happy to have you on the podcast, Marcus. And uh, I, I know you're involved a lot in kind of the direction that healthcare is moving and, and what's going on in the industry. So I, I just wanted to start out with maybe a, a little open-ended question and just get your take kind of on healthcare, kind of innovations and, and where the market is going and, and just anything you really wanted to talk to. So go ahead. Sure. Well, thanks for having me, Josh. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a, it's a very exciting time in, in healthcare uh, because of all the dynamics that are happening. Um, there, there are lots of sort of uh, uh, new trends that are emerging coming from different places. We're seeing very different behavior coming out of Washington, D.C. Uh, in terms of uh, pushing the healthcare industry to be much more innovative, um, transparency, executive orders, interoperability, uh, rules coming down from HHS and CMS. So that's super cool. Um, and then I think also, you know, we have new entrants uh, that are very, very seriously looking at the market. And, you know, these aren't just venture-backed companies. We're talking about some of the biggest and strongest companies in the world, uh, you know, names like Amazon and Google that are taking the industry very, very seriously. Uh, so all those things are, are, are great because, uh, you know, it, it's been a little stagnant, I would say, for the last maybe 20 years. You know, there's been right. some innovations. Most innovations have happened really sort of on the, the life sciences side and, and, you know, there's been a lot of clinical innovations, but from a, from a business model perspective, we've been pretty stagnant. So, you know, it's great to, to see these, uh, you know, these new forces enter the market and drive some change. Yeah, very good point. Yeah, I know everybody is talking about Amazon and, and I, I think they may even be looking at starting with some provider clinic offices. So it should be interesting to see what happens there. Um, so so do you, are you truly, do you believe that some of the like Amazon, JP Morgan and all these other guys that are entering into the healthcare fray, do you think this is going to truly drive change or, or what's your perspective on that? Do you think it will uh, kind of move an industry, which is, is kind of a, you know, a slower moving industry in certain aspects. And then it's obviously faster in some of the, the clinical things, but uh, I'm curious what you think from that perspective. Yeah. Well, well, Josh, I, I believe change is the only constant, you know, I think, I think it's uh it's very easy for for us for those of us who are industry insiders to get a very myopic view. You know, we're looking at things from a day to day perspective. Um, our our interests are often you know uh, you know contributors to the to the confirmation bias that we have about uh, an aversion to change or a resistance to change and immunity to change. But you know, overall, the the, the for profit hospital industry is 50 years old. It's not a very old industry when you really think about it. Um, there are older industries in in the United States. Um, Great and, point. Uh, yep. You know, and 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 I, and you know, and one of the points I made at the HFMA talk was uh, that the iPhone, you know, was introduced 12 years ago, and that's not that's not such a big deal in and of itself because you know there's lots of different uh, smartphones out on the market. But but what that symbolizes is that prior to 12 years ago, nobody had ever swiped or pinched on a on a phone screen before, uh, and and so you know if you think about how much 
swiping and pinching on phones has changed the global economy. Um, and it's only been 12 years, right? I mean, the, the concept of it was never even introduced, you know, prior to 12 years ago. And so, you know, I think things are, are, are going to change faster than people think they are. I think they've already changed faster than we understand them to have changed. And, uh, you know, we're, we're being changed by technology uh, in, in a way that we don't have good narratives for. So, what, you know, what I'm trying to help people do in the healthcare industry is, is wrap their head around how, how do I look back uh, stop being, stop looking down at the ground and, and look back and really sort of get some perspective and some context for where we are today. Uh, and I think once you do that, it's very difficult to look, you know, the next 5, 10, 15 years and say that we're not going to experience some change. I think there, there are too many forces from, from uh, demo, demographic, technology, uh, new entrants, you know, political shifts. Uh, there are too many things on the horizon that are that are going to necessitate change. So, to me, change is inevitable, um, and and we're already seeing it. You know, we're already seeing massive uh, closures happening in rural, uh, you know, in rural America. We're seeing millennials that are now starting to be elected into you know really important offices in, in D.C. All these things are going to have consequences. Yeah, very good point. Yeah, I know. I I totally agree. And yet, you know, you talk about swiping. You're right. I mean, all the Today, you know, if you look at the the revenue cycle or, or hospital operations, you know, a patient estimation, you know, people are using their cell phones, they want text messages, you know, I want to swipe when I'm I'm going in to, to get a procedure or to see a claim or something like that. So you're right, it's totally, it's being adopted by a lot of the solutions. Um, yeah, and uh, process automation, and, and you're right, these things will not uh, go backwards, they'll only go forward. Um, you talked right. a little bit about your process of identifying where you are. What do you mean by that? Can you expound on that a little bit? What do you? What, what kind of? What is the the process there? And and, and from a high level, how, what does that entail? Uh, I just want to make sure I'm answering correctly. Do you mean uh, if, if if you're a company in the industry? Yeah, yeah. You, you you talked about like you help people kind of you know look at where you are and where the market I think is going. Right? Got is it, that got kind it, of what it. you're? Got yeah, it, yeah. It. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you know, look, I mean, one, the biggest challenge that happens in healthcare today is that, um, you know, the current line of business is, is what, what we, well, let's just for the purpose of this conversation call it sick care. You know, it's about volume and procedures, you know, on people that are, that are sick. It's not, it's not about preventing illnesses and keeping people well, right? So that's, mm -hmm. that's the way that the industry is structured. That's the way that the companies are, are compensated. And that's a, that's a very big fundamental challenge with, with the, the current state of the industry because, uh, you know, the, it being structured that way was very helpful, I think, in the beginning because of the types of uh, challenges that we were facing as a nation when it comes to health. Today, you know, the life expectancy has gone up, you know, 10, 11 uh, years uh, since the, the advent of for-profit uh, hospitals. And so now our, our big issues are all chronic care. And this model doesn't work very well for a chronic care, uh, mm. you know, problem. It doesn't work very well for a behavioral health, you know, problem, right? The, the, the problems that we're facing right now need a different incentivization model. And so, you know, I, you know, it makes sense to me that the companies, you know, they, they've, they've got, their interests are around staying, staying in business and, and uh, continuing to keep people employed and continuing to, to care for the communities that they're, that they're responsible for. Um, but what they're going to have to do is figure out how in parallel they can also, uh, you know, create a bridge to what the future industry is going to look like. And the real challenge is that companies that don't, that are not encumbered by those 
those sort of uh, interests from 50 years ago um, can just go right to building the, the industry of the future, right? And um, mm-hmm. it was one thing when those, when those companies were just, you know, sort of nascent venture-backed companies that didn't have a lot of operational expertise, didn't have the kind of capital that they could really, uh, you know, get the clinical depth that the existing industry has. But, you know, the, the reason why I bring up Amazon, I'm not trying to play the boogeyman, but it's just the point sure. of their market, you know, their market cap, right? I mean, you know, what they can do, you know, you're talking about an organization that bought Whole Foods, right? So, so, so Amazon could buy a health system, like a whole health mm. system, right? And, and, right, and not right. just a regional one, right? They, they could buy a national health system if they wanted to. So, you know, I, I, just, I just think you have to kind of look at that um, and, and just, I just think you have to look at it and, and say, you know, there, there's there's change on the way. You know, there's, there's an article that just came out in the Wall Street Journal uh, that said Amazon's going to retrain a third of its U.S. workforce. They're going to spend $700 million to retrain a third of their workforce because they know that technology is going to threaten the jobs of their existing employees. I mean, you know, those a company that's going to make that kind of investment and, you know, you can't even really get most health systems to set up a $20 million venture fund. It's like you're not you're not even in the same game. You're not even in the same game, you know, so. Very uh, good point. Yeah. Yeah. So So, so look, I mean, I think. I think companies have to get serious about, um, you know, how can they playing from uh, their assets uh, start to start to get serious about the changes that are that are happening. Yeah, I would totally agree. Yeah, you're right. It's inevitable. Right. And and they just have the the coffers to be able to make big things happen um, regardless. And, and, and innovation, they understand the importance of innovation. Um yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an awesome point, man. I, I totally agree on that. So, um, just kind of in, in in closing here. So, if you're a you know you're a health system today, I mean it's I mean I think I I kind of see a lot of them starting to gravitate towards these these innovations and different things that are happening in the market, particularly as it pertains to working with a patient and making sure the patient gets everything they need and and using modern devices and, and modern ways that patients interact with technology today. Um, it, but would you see it even, you know, greater than that? Or should they start looking at the underlying data as well? Or, or just is it all the above kind of is, or is it going to kind of, cause it's a complex system too, right? It's one that involves not only the providers, but the payers and how money is exchanged and how contracts are written and, is it just something you got to dive head in first or you kind of, you see it evolving with these niches in different areas or what's your personal take on it, I guess? Well, you have to have a measured approach, right? I mean, uh, you, you, you can't just go in running guns blazing like a bull in a china shop, right? You, you have to have a measured approach because you are running an, you're running an enterprise and, and, uh, mm. you know, you need to keep the trains running on time. So, uh, the, the basic formula that, that, that we, uh, try to evangelize it help further is um, start with a narrative and the narrative needs to start from, from, from the top needs to start with the leadership. Um, you know, that, that innovation is, uh, is, is critical, right? You know, you, you start there. And I, and, I, and I think once you do that, you, you, you change the dynamic of how the entire organization can have conversations about innovation. Right. And, and that's, that's where you're really going to unlock so much value. So, so you have to start with the narrative. I think the second thing that you do is you start to move into process. Um, so you start to really think about, okay, what areas are we going to focus on and what, what, what resources on our team are, are going to be part of the, part of these processes and, and, and how do we ensure that, 
you know, we're doing doing diligence. How do we ensure that we're not overextending ourselves? And how do we evaluate success and failure? And how do we learn from both of those things that happen? So, you know, it, I think what's great about health systems is, you know, they are organizations that are very, very good at process, right? They're very, very good at procedures and compliance and process. And I think uh, that is an area that they should be applying to innovation. Um, and, and I think they'll find that they'll be very good at innovation when they, before they start getting into the, the the actual work of it, uh, they, they think through the process that they're going to uh, approach it with. And then the final part is you, you need to resource it, right? I mean, you know, you, you, have, to, you have to come off the money. Uh, you know, you're going to have to staff it. You're going to have to commit to partnerships. You're going to have to, you know, commit to investing. There's, there's just a body of work around innovating that requires real resources. And, and you know, if, if you're not willing to, to resource it, uh, you can't play. So those are really the three things that we talk through: narrative process and resourcing um, that that we think health systems need to do. And I think I think most most health systems, you know, can can get through that entire process in about a year of you know getting their narrative together, uh, you know, figuring out what their process is going to be, and then and then uh, figuring out what the resources they are that that they're going to deploy to it. And the good news is, you know nothing's going to change in the next 12 to 24 months that's going to knock them out of business, right? You know what I mean? Uh, but, if, but if they don't take these next 12 to 24 months to prepare for, you know, the following five years, then I think that, that they'll be, they'll, they won't be in, in great shape. So, uh, you know, there certainly is still time uh, and, and, and health systems have a ton of, of, of assets and leverage they can deploy, uh, but, they, but they have to find the courage to do so. I love that. Yeah, I love that. Uh, yeah, it makes total sense. And I like it's a it's a kind of uh, I'm sure there's a lot of underlining processes and things involved, but I love the the methodology. It's very simple and straightforward. Out of curiosity, because I also believe a narrative is extremely important. What? Uh, why did you start with the the idea of a narrative? Just kind of curious, because because I do kind of think a, a narrative kind of drives a lot of these underlying things. But what's your uh, personal take on on starting with a narrative and and just kind of an open-ended question there. Yeah, sure. Well, na narrative drives everything, right? So, so you know, I think when, when you when you talk to when you talk to healthcare executives and and they start telling you about the challenges that they have around innovation, they all boil down a narrative. <laughs> you know, right. and, and and the existing narrative is either or, right? It's it's we can't innovate because we're not compensated for that today and we can't take our eye off the ball, right? And, and what, I'm, uh, what I'm working on trying to get people to understand is you, you have to operate in a parallel path, right? So I completely agree and understand that, that, that you cannot take your eye off the ball. You have to keep the trains running on time. You have an enterprise to manage. There's no question about that. But um, it is not unheard of. There are examples in history where organizations have both managed their existing enterprise and created a parallel path to the future. A great example, going back to Amazon, is the, is the Kindle, right? Uh, the Kindle was a self-disrupting initiative. Uh, and, and look, Amazon is not immune from the kind, of, uh, the, the, the kind of bias inside of an organization from a culture perspective that keeps them uh, fighting innovation. Uh, it, the Kindle had to be developed outside of the four walls of, of Amazon corporate because great you know, point. Lots, lots, lots of leadership didn't, you know, thought it was, it was killing the core business. Um, and now it's just become additive and, and clear proof that, that they can operate sort of on, you know, on, on both business lines and, and do what's best for the customer at all times. So, um, yeah, it, you know, I just think that uh, the narrative is so important. If you don't believe 
that you can that you can build the parallel path while you're also operating today, then you'll never do what's necessary. You'll always do little pilots here and there. It'll never be sufficient though, right? You, you, you've got to change the narrative at a fundamental level. And that, that empowers and enables the entire organization to, to do the requisite work to really be, you know, um, to really be functional in their innovation efforts. Yeah, well said. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Absolutely. Well, I think that's a that's a that's a great point to stop at because uh, we learned a, a lot of great stuff, and I, I agree with you completely. And uh, I think the, the the health systems that embrace this, you know, are the ones that you know over the next decade that are going to kind of be in the the upper echelon. Um, so, Marcus, I really appreciate your time. This was fantastic. Thanks a lot for the insights, and uh, appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me, Josh. Appreciate it. Okay. Bye. -bye.